I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Austin Letcher. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. This podcast is created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chordscast. Uh, my name, as always, is Ben Forrid, and I really appreciate that you've taken the time to uh, hang out with us today. Things are going well with Chords. Uh, we just finished our ninth annual Great Plains Rare Disease Summit here at the beginning of May. Um, this was the first year that we had it not take place during Rare Disease Day, um, a decision that was made after we got blizzarded out uh, the past two years trying to have this conference held at the end of February in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And so May, we thought, would be a, a little better. And, and it was. We didn't get stormed out. Uh, there was great attendance. We got a lot of support from the community, um, both from advocates as well as from, um, from sponsors, from, from industry. And so if you played a role in helping us uh, have this event... Uh, and put it on this year. We really appreciate it, and uh, and we'll be back in touch uh, as we start planning the next year's event, um, which will be in 2020. Um, upcoming events, uh, the Cord staff, I know that I will be uh, traveling to Philadelphia here in early June for um, the Global Genes Rare Drug Discovery Symposium. Uh, it's going to be taking place at UPenn, and um, there should be a really great group of people there. If you're planning on attending and you're listening to this now, uh, it hasn't happened yet, then um, uh, please look me up. Send me a message on Twitter. I'd love to meet and talk about um, cords and, and anything going on with the rare disease uh, community. In this episode, Austin and Alyssa sat down with Roberta Smith from the Allergeal Syndrome Alliance. Uh, it's one of our partner organizations, uh, and we've developed a really strong connection with them over the past year, year and a half or so, because we have a researcher who will also join them uh, named Dr. Kamesh Surendran, who studies, among other things, allergial syndrome, um, especially the kidney components of the disease. And uh, this episode's full of a lot of really great dialogue uh, that pertains, of course, to, to the allergial syndrome, but... Um, really themes that spread across all rare diseases. And I think that's one um, thing that we'd, we'd like to highlight better and more of in, in, in this podcast is that there are unifying themes in the rare disease community that, that transcend whatever disease a person has. And there's really um, a sense of belonging to an overall bigger community. Um, and, and we here would like to find ways f uh, for all of us to, to work together um, and, uh, and find uh, new ways to, to feel hopeful about the future. 
Another thing that's going to be discussed later on is an opportunity for you to, as a listener of this podcast, be able to actually meet Roberta and Kamesh at their uh, their eighth annual international symposium um, put on by the Allegeal Syndrome Alliance. Um, that will be in Ohio at the towards the end of June. So this episode is being launched on the first of June, um, from the twentieth to the twenty third. Uh, you can you can spend some time. Uh, with the foundation and with other families with allergial syndrome. Uh, the, the 20th, I believe, is kind of a scientific day. So there'll be a lot of, um, you know, the researchers and the, the <clears throat> groups that are, that are trying to uncover the underlying uh, causes and unifying themes in allergial syndrome. That 21st to the 23rd is really um, community building, uh, a family conference where, where groups can, and families can get to know each other better and, uh, and make lasting connections. So please check that out. Um, and as always, if you have any questions or if there's any things that, anything that the Chords group can do, please don't hesitate to let us know. So with that, I'll put down my microphone and I'll let you guys get to the episode. Uh, there's a lot of information in there and, and I hope that you enjoy. Welcome everybody. This is uh, the Chords Cast here with I'm Austin Letcher and Alyssa Mendel, and we have uh, a couple of people on on the line with us today. Uh, Roberta Smith and and, and uh, one of our scientists here at Stanford Research. Uh, Roberta, can you give us a quick introduction? Hi everybody. I'm Roberta, the president of the Allergial Syndrome Alliance. I've been with the Allergy Syndrome Alliance since 2013. Great, thanks. And uh, Kamesh is on the line with us too. Kamesh, can you say hi to everybody and give us a quick intro? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, so I'm Kamesh Surendran. Um I'm uh, here at Sanford Research as an associate scientist. I'm in the <clears throat> pediatrics and rare diseases group. Great, thanks. <laughs> So yeah, to, to kick things off a little bit, um, I might actually just give a little bit of history to everybody on, on how our groups met. Uh, as, you may, um, as you may predict, Kamesh actually researches allergial syndrome, and we at CORD started developing a relationship with the Allergial Syndrome Alliance group well, about a year and a half ago, maybe, and we actually had... Um, their entire board here for our rare disease symposium last year. And that's how we got to get to know everybody and uh, certainly uh, got to know Roberta very well over the last year and a half or so. Uh, but I want to bring it back to Roberta. Uh, Roberta, can you tell us a little bit about your connection to the rare disease community and how um, allergial syndrome has kind of uh, driven you to take action? Absolutely. So my uh, connection to the allergial syndrome community really is started when I had twin daughters in 2003. One of them has allergial syndrome and one does not. And um, once we got a diagnosis of allergial syndrome, 
it was really difficult to find any information on it. You know, we, we you could you could Google it, you could uh, find horror stories basically <laughs> online, and you know, with that lack of information, it really drove me to uh, try to understand who are the point people, if there are any that could help me get answers on what was happening with my daughter. And that's how I got involved with the Allergial Syndrome Alliance. Wow, that's a, you know, a really interesting story. We've heard of you know, people with um, family members that are affected by multiple rare diseases, but how unique to have uh, a pair of daughters, one affected by Allergial Syndrome and, and one not. And, uh, maybe that would be a good point for us to uh, go to Kamesh and, and Kamesh, could you tell us a little bit about um, what allergial syndrome is and, and how, how is that possible that uh, one of the twins had it and one, one didn't? Yeah, Austin, that's a very good question. So allergial syndrome is uh, generally thought of as a pediatric disease because it, the symptoms show up very early on. And, uh, multiple organs get affected, um, one of the primary ones being the liver, uh, but there are also problems with, with the heart, uh, with the vascular system, uh, with the kidney and how the how your skeleton develops. So that there are multiple organs that are involved. Um, so it's a complex disease and uh, there's quite a bit of variability in terms of um, what symptoms of, uh, a patient would experience. Uh, in Roberta's case, it's really interesting that uh, one of her uh, daughters has has the disease and the other doesn't. Um, one of the things that is very well known uh, or seems to be uh, fairly no- well known is that there's a lot of de novo mutations, meaning um, that there's sort of a new mutation that happens within the individual who's diagnosed with allergial syndrome. So it's not although it, it is run, uh, it happens within a family, uh, a lot of new cases are like, uh, you know, the first time that it's happening within a family. So in that individual, uh, the mutation has a sort of a, uh, arisen. So uh, that would be my prediction, although she has twins, sometime during the development of one of those twins, uh, very early on, I would, I would, I would guess, uh, uh, a mutation arose uh, de novo, um, and it usually happens within uh, a gene called Jagged One, and really 94% of uh, allergial syndrome patients, um, uh, when, when you sequence their Jagged One uh, gene, you, you find a mutation in them, um, and uh, there's about 2% of, of ALGS patients who have uh, mutations in Notch 2, um, and that leaves about 4% who actually don't have a mutation in Jagged 1 or Notch 2. Um, does that answer the question? Yeah, that's that's a great background. Uh, th- thanks a lot for that, Kamesh. Uh, I want to bring it back to Roberta. Roberta, can you tell us about um, your experience on having a, a child with a, a rare syndrome and, and kind of some of the uh, difficulties that you've gone through and had to overcome uh, in your experience? Sure. You know, having a child with a a rare disease, you know, everybody has something in their life to overcome, you know, and and when we have something with rare disease, I think sometimes what's overlooked is that it's really 
it really truly affects the whole family and in every aspect that you could possibly think of. So for me, when we had the twins, um, right away, you know, the diagnosis, it was hard to come by. Uh, there were a lot of testing. We were, we were, you know, sent to a larger hospital. And in my case, that hospital was hours away. Uh, really, our family was displaced, you know, and going through these testing um, processes and trying to understand what's happening, it's really just a process of elimination. And if things are being overlooked or um, certain tests are, are just coming back inclusive, that diagnosis can stretch and stretch and stretch on and on and on while the family is, is being displaced. And that really um, kind of happened with us. So we went to a bigger hospital and I have newborn babies, you know, one's uh, inpatient and we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house. And through that series of testing, it's just, you know, like I said, a process of elimination. You start to see one thing popping up and then it, it sends you to another direction. So they noticed a kidney problem and they noticed a liver issue and uh, elevated uh, liver enzymes. And then through those testings, it led to a genetic test. And, and that takes, you know, months in order to get the results back from that. So while they wait for that, we continue to do more tests and more blood work. And eventually they decided, uh, well, it's either biliary atresia or it's allogeal syndrome. And what happens a lot with allogeal syndrome is kids get misdiagnosed with biliary atresia. And if, if that happens, it's kind of a swarm of confusion for the family. They're just left wondering what, what do we have, what do we do next? And that really is kind of what happened to us. And, you know, if you Google allergy syndrome or biliary atresia, now my kids are 15, but when you go Google it then, you know, you just have no hope that they're going to live. And that's a very scary thing. And even today, it's something that we struggle with with our families. If they turn to Google or try to get answers or try to look it up, you know, it just doesn't look so great. And... Um, so we ended up having to get a height of scan, which would show liver clearance and whether the liver is working properly. And that led us towards a liver biopsy at two months. And then at two months through the liver biopsy, they had decided while they were in the um, operating room doing the biopsy, if it was biliary atresia, they were going to move forward and do a CASI procedure. And if it was allergial, they would close her up and come out. And that's what happened. They did say that it was allergial syndrome. And then shortly after that, we got the results from the biopsy, um, the genetic test that confirmed that. And there it went. Wow, that sounds like you've had a lot to overcome there, Roberta. I can't imagine going through all of that. Um, it's good, though, to hear <laughs> you've got some answers, though, through your daughter's journey. I want to also touch on one of the highlights, though, that I think has happened for you and your family and other people who have allergial syndrome, and that was last year at Sanford's uh, Great Plains Rare Disease Summit. You, for the first time, were able to meet Kamesh. How, how did that feel, meeting a man who is studying your daughter's rare condition? 
Wow. All I can say is, wow, Kamesh is amazing. You guys' group was amazing. It was being the president of the organization, it was eye-opening for not only me, but for our entire group. As a parent, it was a whole new experience that I just had never felt like as a parent I would get an opportunity to be in. So understanding what scientists go through when they're in the lab and they're, you know, trying to, you know, unravel something as complex as allergial syndrome and knowing the isolation that they go through and how they sometimes can never put a face to the work that they're doing, it's Mm heart-wrenching. As a parent, Mm -hmm. I felt like I need to do more. I need Mm -hmm. to stand up. I need to get involved. I need to you know, shout from the rooftops that I am here as a parent to help any scientist working in this. As a president, I felt like, how can we connect with our scientists like Kamesh and touch the hearts of these parents who want to see a cure and get them to understand that they need to stand up as well and be the patient voice and and lead the charge for this work and lend knowledge to the scientists and just, you know, really push for support for the scientists Mm -hmm. and for an organization like ours who can help them. So it was, you know, I had different perspectives because I'm a parent and the president and it was, it was just so touching. It was an unbelievable life-changing experience. It was it was really really awesome. I was able to be a part of it, and it was very it was very it was a good experience. Uh, Kamesh, yeah, I, you guys are so great. <laughs> yeah, Kamesh, I have the same question for you. Like, what what did it feel like for you to meet families and patients who have allergial syndrome? I mean, these people flew across the country to meet you, to see you, and talk to you. I mean, they were even Facebook living your entire speech at our uh, event here at Sanford Research. How did that make you feel? Yeah, you know, uh, so. It was a very eye-opening uh, experience for me, honestly. Um, I was uh, I was moved deeply uh, by their visit. Um, it it really reinvigorated my whole lab, and and, and we really sort of um, uh, refocused in a certain way, you know, on on allergy syndrome. So you know, I should back up and say, you know, my my broader interest is is really kidney development and kidney disease, and and so it's a sort of that's one organ that's affected in allergial syndrome. And, um, you know, I, I am not a medical doctor. I, I have a PhD, but, but I, I, I basically was studying uh, mice that, 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 have, that have this allergial syndrome-like like thing uh, within, within their kidneys. And so it, it was sort of a breath of fresh, fresh air for me to actually meet people who, um, uh, who, who, Really, I, I hope to be able to help by by studying the mouse models that that, that, that we have, and you know, uh, as Roberta mentioned, sometimes as scientists we, we sort of get into our own closet in some, in some ways, and uh, you know, you know, there are a lot of questions that I've had in terms of we've seen certain things in our mice, and um, I just don't see that in in, in the literature, and, and uh, you know, so it was very. Uh, um, exciting for me to just talk with with with, with uh, 
people who have uh, first-hand experience with, with that disease to kind of know, okay, is our mouse model accurate in, 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 in these things that we're seeing or is, is it completely off? And so it, it, their visit really has enriched our, our research and, and it's really sort of uh, also motivated the people in, in the lab to kind of realize that, you know, their, their day-to-day work sometimes, you know, we get into uh, somewhat of a routine of, of repeating, having to repeat things uh, just to be sure about our finding. And they kind of realize that the importance of that, you know, you know that there are people who are, whose lives are affected by, by, by these uh, diseases and, and we're, we're trying to make an uh, impact there. So I, I really can't tell you how much it, 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 it meant a lot for, um, um, for the ALGSA to come here and uh, you know to uh, to be able to interact with them was, was great and the interactions have continued on and um, you know part of uh, part of their visit has allowed uh, us to build a relationship and uh, you know now we have more access to uh, uh, patient-related samples and, and so it's opened up uh, new avenues. Uh, you know, rather than just simply studying uh, mouse and cell culture models, but we are now also kind of seeing, okay, well, what are the differences between our model and, and what, what people are experiencing? And uh, how can we move that move forward in, in terms of, you know, um, uh, understanding the disease better so that we are, we're able to help these patients? Yeah, that's such, so, such an awesome story, Kamesh. Uh, I know... Uh, Alyssa and I feel uh, really honored to have been a part of that process and uh, to, to watch you guys connect. Uh, I can just say, you know, I got tingles when I was in the room with <laughs> with you guys and hearing you talk about things and, and, and seeing you think things through differently. Uh, so it was just really our pleasure to be able to help and, and connect. And uh, you're right, we've continued to work with the Allergial Syndrome Alliance and we're excited to do that. We we created a uh, patient registry for them that I hope, you know, you're going to get access to data to uh, down the road. But uh, before we get too far down um, down that path, uh, Roberta, can you tell me a little bit more about the Allergial Syndrome Alliance, what you guys do, uh, what type of support or services you offer patients, and, and just kind of what you're up to in general? Sure. Uh, the Allergy Alliance was started in 1993. Like many rare disease organizations, it was started by a parent who had a child with allergy. And we are in our 26th year now. We've been around a long time. So um, the founder really laid a good foundation for the organization to press forward. And, you know, our, our meeting with Kamesh helped us and you guys helped us change our focus. So I would say for the first 25 years, we were a very patient-focused, family-focused organization. Uh, We were advocating for, you know, better treatments and a cure, but we were doing it very lightly. Our focus was making sure our families had materials, having our, you know, uh, our symposium, which is an educational family conference, and really having a support system online. Since our meeting with you guys, it has completely changed our organization, and for the better. There's no doubt about it, research is our number one priority. 
now. It, it had always been a priority, but it was never the top priority because as an organization, we just didn't know how to accomplish that. And since that visit, we have, um, you know, we make it a point to contact any scientists that are working on Allergil that we can, create relationships with them, uh, much like we did with you guys. We are out there advocating for uh, our families in new ways, uh, providing them with programs we've never had before as well. So on the patient side of it, family side of it, we've created a uh, ALGS assistance program to help them financially because that's, you know, a huge roadblock in what our families face is financial struggles. We've created a new podcast series to help educate our families, which is we're really super excited about. That's going to be starting in the next month. Um, we also are going to be, um, um, we have applications that are going to be opening up for a research grant. That's very small. We have to start small, but we're going to build up, and we're really excited to see that start and um, anticipating it to grow into a nice size grant down the road. Um, there's just so much more that we're doing now, and I, I couldn't be happier. The LGL Cinema Alliance is doing so well right now in, in a lot of ways that we just weren't able to do in the past, and research is whatever we can do in research we want to do. We're just thrilled about that. That's great. Yeah, I think one thing I want to echo after uh, hearing the both of you talk it, and something that CORDS is really proud to help out with is the importance of patients and researchers connecting. I mean, I think it's both sides are a little intimidated going into that, but uh, there just are a lot of great things that can happen when the patients and the researchers start talking. And that's really what we're here for. Yeah, that, I, yeah I, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Austin. Uh, Roberta, and Kamesh, too, both of you, either of you could answer this one. You know, what advice do you give parents who have received a diagnosis of Allergyl syndrome? I mean, there's great resources like the Allergyl Syndrome Alliance they can turn to, but what are some things for a parent that their child is newly diagnosed? The advice I would give to a parent who's been newly diagnosed with Allergyl syndrome is I would encourage parents to get involved. First of all, I would encourage them to get involved because it connects them to a group of people that understand what they're going through. In a rare disease situation, nobody is around you that understands it. I, I've written about this and, and, and had our story out and, and always one of the main topics of my write-ups is that in a rare community, people feel isolated. They feel alone. They feel like nobody understands, even their closest family members who are sometimes even living in the same home don't always understand how deep the tentacles go of pain and worry and guilt and, you know, unity. Those things are very hard to organize or, or um, set up to build your your support system because you're so worried and, and upset about what's happening. So my first thing is get involved. Get involved online. Find a support 
system, find a patient organization that is there for that disease, and introduce yourself. The second thing I would say is lend your voice. It's so important to lend your voice and your experience outward to the people who need it. Um, the patient organization needs to hear the patient voice so we know what to bring forward to our scientists, to you know our pharmaceutical companies that we're working with, to those who have grants to do you know clinical research or you know um, retrospective research on this disease. And also, if there is a patient registry, you know we're so thankful that we have one started here with cords to get involved and take the time to put your information in that because that's going to help boost what we're able to give to our scientists that are really working for this. Amen. I would echo that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we definitely want to see more people enroll in cords and especially the, the allergial syndrome group. And I, and I think Kamesh could probably attest for the same thing. So um, I, without putting words in your uh, words in your mouth, Kamesh, could you tell us why it's important for people to uh, participate in research, participate in the patient registry? If you know what I'm getting at, I think you have a certain uh, research application oh. <laughs> under review right now, maybe? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, I, I can tell you that um, much like some some of how some of your patients may feel that you're being left alone, it, it, it's also similarly true for researchers uh, in the sense that some of us uh, don't directly see patients, but we're very much uh, interested in, 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 in uh, making progress in, in, in a disease such as allergy syndrome. So for me, um, without going into the clinic, in order to really have access to uh, to patient data and patient samples and, and so on, this kind of registry is, is, is absolutely critical. And it, it, it really, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a treasure trove of, of, of you know, of, of material that, that can be useful. And you have to think about it this way, you know, when you go and see your doctor, they only have so much time to, to deal with any, any one thing. To a certain extent, you know, I, I wish our healthcare system had like when you went to a doctor's visit that you had a bunch of consultants sit in the room also, you know, who had knowledge from from different aspects, right? So then they could really tell you maybe even even more in in depth of of what to expect and and, and how to advise you and so on. By putting your information more into the into the cords registry and so on, that's kind of what 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 we're getting at is. Is, is, is your, that information is now there for researchers who are interested really to go in and, and, and dig through it. And by also, you know, grouping it together with other patients, we're, we're able to better study and understand the disease so that, you know, no, so that people aren't feeling left out and alone. And then we will be able to make, you know, much greater progress when, when you have more people, uh, able to look at you know the, the the medical issues and and to kind of possibly see see it in a from a different perspective because you know uh within their labs they may be having a study ongoing and and so they may, they may have observed things and when they see like a group of uh medical records something might click you know in, in their heads 
and and so you would have sort of a new explanation to something and which could maybe lead to some practical improvement in in, in uh, an allergial syndrome patient's life so i think it's it's very critical to to build these patient registries and uh, as as a way of uh, uh, getting more people involved, more researchers involved, and uh, that, that way we're more likely to have successful treatments. Um, yes, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And I just want to chime in too, you know, with the CORDS registry and, you know, how Kamesh is, you know, sharing how it's important to put patient information in there. I also want to stress how important it is to put families' information in there. So parents and siblings of people who are affected by a rare condition, you know, that information is very valuable too to researchers when they're studying these conditions. Yeah, the one, one, one thing I'd like to add is, you know, for instance, um, uh, right now I think, you know, when you are going and seeing your, your doctor and so on, uh, our medical system doesn't necessarily cover the cost for, you know, extensive genetic testing and so on. And so you might be left with saying that you don't have a mutation in JAGED1 or NOTCH2, then, then, then what? And, you know, researchers are really interested in, 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 in that kind of then, then what kind of thing. And, and so, for instance, you know, one of the studies that we're interested in is going after that 4% of, of, of ALGS patients who, who who know that they don't have a mutation in JAGED1 or NOTCH2. And, you know, this patient registry can be useful in, in, in tapping into uh, into that rare population. Um, so I, I think, you know, I can't emphasize enough, it, it, it is really important for, uh, um, you know, for patients to get involved and families to get involved, uh, even the unaffected family members to get involved in, in, in this patient registry, uh, in, in the CORDS registry. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Kamesh. And um, I kind of, I'm uh, I'm curious to hear you talk about a little bit more, maybe your, your plans after uh, you access the registry, you know, are you looking for individuals that are willing to give a biospecimen? And, and what happens after you receive that biospecimen? Can you talk about that a little bit, about the work in your lab? Sure, sure. So uh, it, it started when uh, the LGSA came and visited, you know, uh, last year, and they were uh, very willing and happy to provide uh, samples. And what we're really interested in is um, a, a source of genetic material or, or, or DNA, and really what uh, in families that we think uh, uh, would be of interest, we would uh, basically ask for uh, uh, saliva samples, essentially. So we, we, we would basically uh, send out, or actually Alyssa will be, would send out uh, uh, spit kits. Um, and uh, so, and this can be done by, by mail, and we'll, we'll get back uh, your spit and, and family members' spit. And from that, we'll basically... Uh, extract DNA and, and we can use that for, for sequencing and, and, and sort of uh, looking more carefully at, at the genetic basis of, uh, of ALGS. Um, it's not only just for the 4% of people who, who, who don't know what their mutation is. We're also kind of interested based on our mouse studies uh, to kind of see if we can try to explain the high variability in, in, in the ALGS disease progression 
even among family members by looking at whether there are additional mutations. So even if you have been diagnosed with, with a JAG1 mutation, uh, if your disease is, is somewhat more severe for some reason, you, would you have additional mutations is, is, is one thing that we're interested in. So by uh, collecting the saliva samples and, and getting the DNA, we, we were able to, uh, these days, uh, uh, there's been an advancement in, in, in you know, in, in, in DNA sequencing. So we're able to look at a more global picture much more quickly and at a, at a cheaper price. And that can be very informative. So historically, especially with paralogial syndrome, uh, and, and Roberta, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially, you know, a patient who's, who's suspected to have allogeal syndrome, they would initially, you know, sequence for your jagged one gene specifically and if they didn't find it, then they would look at the notch two, and, and, and then that would be it. Uh, what we're interested in sort of is, is sort of looking at it in a sort of unbiased manner to try to look at all your genes uh, and actually with, with a focus on the notch signaling pathway um, to kind of see if, if there is sort of a correlation between the number of notch pathway genes that are, that are sort of altered and uh, the severity of, of, of the disease um, that, that, you know, is being manifest in, in a particular individual. Is that right, Roberta? Do you have anything um, to reply with? Yeah, you know, he's absolutely correct. And when we talk about, you know, having family members that even don't have allergial putting their information into the registry, you know, there always has to be a control group, right? So, you know, for us, when I came uh, to Sanford and gave my spit and my bio samples to Kamesh, I don't have allergial. But when he had the opportunity then to collect the saliva from my two daughters, he then has a control group to test that against. And that's super important in, in you know, the information that we're doing. Now, something to keep in mind is, you know, with the complexity of allergial, with the with the jagged or the notch or not having either, you know, we have a whole generation of individuals who didn't have an opportunity to get genetically tested, right? So, you know, as an example, if someone has allergial and they were never tested, you know, for the jagged or the notch because it just wasn't available at that time, what's happening is they're having children. And now that opportunity is there for the children. And if they are genetically tested as having jagged or notch, or they're just getting a clinical diagnosis based on biomarkers, then that diagnosis goes backwards into the family. So the child would then be genetically diagnosed, and then the clinicians turn to the mother or the father and say, you know, let's get you guys tested. And that generation could go back even farther to the grandparents. And so we're in a, a really unique situation right now in this day and age where this genetic testing is, uh, it's, it's getting to be the gold standard. And with the gold standard, then a whole lines of families are being, you know, diagnosed as, as having allergial. And I totally agree with what Kamesh is saying when he's testing someone and he has an opportunity to get other people in the family, it could really tell an entire story about, you know, the different genes that are, you know, connected, 
Is there something else going in a notch pathway that doesn't happen in a different family? There's so much to be discovered with allergial syndrome. It's, it's highly complex. And um, I really look forward to watching it all unfold as science, you know, improves. Yeah. So one thing that I would like to add, actually, is it is really important for unaffected family members to, to contribute samples. And one reason I'll tell you is we never think about it this way. Um, so it's quite possible that an unaffected family member actually does have a mutation, let's say, in, in Jagged One also, you know, but they never get their DNA sequence or whatever because they're not affected, right? It could be that they, in addition to having a mutation in Jagged One, also have some sort of compensatory mutation in, in some other gene, you know. And that could actually be a clue as to how to treat allergial syndrome because they have this additional variation in them that, that and they're not showing any of the allergial symptoms, right? So, yeah. so it's no joke when I'm saying it's not just a simply a control group, but it could also be the solution group also, if, if you think about it, you know, um, from, from a genetic perspective, it, it's quite possible that there is a person uh, in an ALGS family member who's unaffected, you know, who, who might have just by chance also uh, have a solution in them, you know, so, so that, that's another right. unaffected patient samples are really critical. You know, and, and to add on to that, Kamash, you know, um, we have allergial families or al individuals with allergial that actually have more than one rare disease. Uh, we have some allergial patients, you know, within our allergial community that also have moya moya, or they might have a Chiari malformation or, you know, other types of connective tissue issues or, you know, there, there are so many variables and in so many ways that we're just, uh, you know, uncovering things all the time. Yeah, I mean, you're basically mentioning some other notch pathway related, yeah, uh, you know, diseases. So, yeah, I mean, the, I think it's really important, although allergial syndrome is rare, I think it's also important to know the individuals, you know, probably even more individual than that in the sense that, you know, of the of the symptoms each patient is, is, is uh, having to endure. And, uh, and I think, again, knowing the entire genetic basis might help to clear up some of this, you know, as to why some people have some phenotypes and, and not others, perhaps, but, or it may have something more than just to do with genetics. Yeah, I love the points that both of you have made there. Uh, I think it's just so important for the patients to know a little bit about the researches that's going on and, and why they need to be a part of it. So they take less of a passive approach. And the Algeo Syndrome Alliance has been great with promoting that and promoting the CORDS registry. So just a, a quick plug and call to action to everybody out there that uh, hasn't already enrolled uh, to go online to www.sanfordresearch.org forward slash cords and just click that enroll now button. If you're not sure if you're enrolled, you can just give us a call at 1-877-658-9192 or email us at cords, C-O-R-D-S, at sanfordhealth.org and uh, we'll be happy to help you. Um, 
I see the hour kind of uh, waning away here, so I, I want to give you both um, a moment to make any last-minute comments if, if you have anything, any calls to action. Roberta, I'm kind of thinking about you because I think you have a, a conference coming up, right? We do. We have our International Symposium on Allergial Syndrome coming in June. Uh, we also have our scientific meeting on allergial syndrome, which we're really excited about. So this is going to be taking place June 20th is the scientific meeting. It's an entire day full of uh, anything allergial and science, which we're really excited about. And then June 21st to the 23rd is our, it's really a family conference. We call it the Allergial Syndrome Alliance Symposium. And it is just three days of packed, uh, sessions, learning, you know, learning opportunities, a networking opportunity for our families and those who attend. Uh, we're going to have some pharmaceutical companies there who are working on some drug trials. We're going to have our scientists there. Kamesh is coming. We're super excited to see him. Uh, we have uh, a lot of families and different deep dive sessions with different topics that families can choose to go to. So that's uh, really exciting for us, and we're, we're looking forward to that. Registration can be found on our website um, as well, www.allergial.org. And, uh, you know, I, for me, I would say parting words uh, that I would like to get out to our patients and our families are, you know, we need to stand together and, you know, advocate for our researchers and advocate for the science to be done because if not us who and it's our responsibility to make it happen so great words and i'm sure uh kamesh really appreciates that i can really hear the the cheerleader in your voice just as i recall when you came to visit and listen uh to his talk so uh yeah i think the the patients should be the you know the fans of the researchers, right? And I, I think you've really made Kamesh feel that way. And I, I, I know uh, we we thought, you know, you gave him the rock star treatment <laughs> when you came to our event last year. So, I mean, that's just a cool, uh, cool thing to happen. And uh, I'm sure Kamesh appreciates it too. Don't you, Kamesh? I just, I have so much respect for Kamesh and what his lab is doing and the desire to find answers for our community. We can't be any more grateful. And I really hope that our allergial community, you know, trusts that the Allergial Syndrome Alliance is out there working to, you know, connect with scientists like Kamesh and support them in ways that, you know, maybe other organizations don't. We really want to give Rockstar treatment to our scientists because they're the ones who are going to help find the better treatments and the cure. So it's a, a top priority for us as an organization. And I hope that it's a top priority for our families as well. And if it isn't, I hope that, you know, they, they find it in their hearts to really lend their patient voice to us so it can be. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough the, you know, my, my gratitude for the Allergial Syndrome Alliance, uh, the, the connection that they made with, with Sanford and, and, and my lab. Um, really the people in my lab, even today, they, you know, they're, they're, uh, they are highly motivated people, but, um, there are, you know, uh, 
hard times. <laughs> and really, some of the hard times, uh, I know they, they feed off the fact that, you know, there are uh, patient groups that, that are like, uh, that have been really supportive of, of our research. And uh, that is a motivating factor. And um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't emphasize enough the, you know, having uh, the ALGSA visit here last year was super. And I'm actually, I'm hoping to to recharge my batteries by, by going <laughs> to the scientific meeting and to the uh, allergy family uh, symposium really to make that bigger connection. I mean, this this would be my my first uh, meeting that you know that's been uh, run by uh, the allergial syndrome uh, families themselves, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. I I, I know I'm going to learn a, a lot more uh, about their lives, and uh, and it'll just give that extra. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say. Oomph to to the research, you know, and, and, and extra ideas of uh, of how of how to make uh, better progress. Um, so, you know, I, I think this, uh, this patient researcher relationship, I, I think, is 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 very uh, very important, and it it sort of gives a very different perspective, and it also uh, makes um, you know mundane tasks within the lab a lot more. <laughs> meaningful to some degree um, so yeah i thank you very much roberta for uh, you know for being involved and and, and uh, actually being uh, very supportive of, of, of what we're doing thank you oh you're so welcome yeah you guys you guys are really have a special story to share and i thank you both for uh, letting Alyssa and i and, and the chords team help help uh, share that story and it's something that I I'm looking forward to doing more and more frequently the more research that we have coming out and the more participants that we have enrolling so thank you again everyone yeah thank you guys so much it was great catching up thank you thank you thanks so much for listening the theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry, Chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org slash chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Cast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Cast.